Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at some of the articles that Pastor Nate has written at nateholdridge.com and just going a little bit deeper into them with some conversation. Today, we're talking about something that we all wrestle with in life, and that is making decisions. What do we think about when we're making decisions? How do we do it? What are the things that we should keep in our minds as we're making decisions to ensure that we're making decisions that honor God. So let's get into it. Nay, I feel like almost every time I go to your office, I'm always asking you about a decision that I'm going through. (laughs) I feel like you've been like my personal counselor. Through so many decisions. I'm just there for you, man. <laughs> it has been. It's been a it, lot you know of years mean? of this. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they involve tears, you know? Sometimes it involves, like, you just have to get straight to the point. It's kind of my goal when I hear the little pitter-patter <laughs> of your footsteps coming near my office. I the think to myself, keys. I wonder if I can make Riley cry today. <laughs> <laughs> what decision is he going through and how can I just pull him through? <laughs> But really, but it's so true. You know, life is like all about these decisions that we make. And you have made some massive decisions (laughs) over the last eight, nine years, you know, that each one of them has led to a whole new realm of possibilities and open doors. And uh, so it's a really huge part of life, the way that we make decisions. Yeah, totally. And I know for everybody who's listening to this, I know for you personally, too, that yeah, like you said, decisions are a part of everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to make them. Everybody wrestles with them, seeks to know like how to honor God with them, or maybe some people don't think about that, but just mm-hmm. want to kind of honor themselves. But in any way, shape, or form, we're all thinking about decisions that we have to make, whether it's school, yeah, yeah. who we're dating, who we're going to marry, what kind of dog to get. I know you just went through that recently. Bro, for the record, I, <laughs> I do not consider myself a decisive person by any stretch of the imagination. And I do not consider myself, you know, all that even like confident at times when I make decisions. Mm. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to write something like this is because I think for me, I've been so helped in seeing the way Mm. uh, these different characters in God's word, you know, someone like Paul, to see the way that he makes decisions has been so edifying for me in my own life because I just don't feel like I could write the textbook on how to make decisions. Yeah, wow. man, I can waffle and kind of go back and forth and you bring up the dog. That was like a big monumental moment <laughs> for Christina and I because we really didn't take too much time to um, belabor that decision. We just kind of yeah. jumped into it and we really felt like... You know, it was, it's been a great decision. Obviously, it could have been disastrous, and I'd have a totally different attitude. Yeah. But he's just been like the perfect little dude for the family, and we just didn't think all that hard about it. That's so funny. <laughs> That's crazy. There's decisions that involve like so much prayer and maybe even fasting and mm-hmm. consideration. And there's those the kind of decisions, too, where you're just like, let's just go for it. But, man, all kinds of decisions. And I, I love that you brought the... Um, the character Paul that you talked about Paul just mm-hmm. now in this article you actually talk about Paul and how he wrote to the Romans the Roman church and uh, you you pulled out kind of one passage that talked about him making a decision to go visit them would you mind kind of giving us like a synopsis of that interaction he had yeah, sure. as he was writing about sure, it absolutely 
you know, we last year as a church, you know, this, we went through the book of Romans and, um, you know, basically the book of Romans is this expansion or this not expansion, an explanation, Hmm. an expansive explanation on the gospel itself. Uh, but the beginning and the end of it is very personal from Paul Hmm. to the Roman church. Uh, he'd never been there. Um, and he began the letter by saying, I want to go to be with you. I I want to impart to you some kind of spiritual gift. So at the end of the letter, you know, after all this incredible doctrine and everything, Paul tells them in this brief little paragraph about his plans to come and visit them. And when he lays it out for them, he tells them why he couldn't come in the past. Hmm. And then he tells them why he believes that he can now plan on visiting them in the future. Mm. And of course, you know, we know the story. Paul eventually did visit the church in Rome, although not in the way that he expected or the way that he planned. In the letter, what he tells them is, I'm hoping to come and visit you basically on the way to go to Spain. He wanted to preach the gospel in the regions beyond Rome. And so he thought Rome will be a great uh, launching off point for me to go to Spain. Uh, the Roman church can, for, for one, I'll be able to hang out with them. I look mm-hmm. forward to that. I've always wanted to visit them. And so that'll be a fulfilling thing. And then they can help pay for my missions work in the realm beyond mm-hmm. into Spain. Uh, but of course, we know that that's not how it played out in Paul's right. life. He went to Jerusalem eventually And when he was there, he was arrested. And that put him in prison for a long period of time. And after a couple of years, he finally appealed to Caesar. And then he was sent uh, away uh, and uh, via, you know, as a prisoner on a boat and then the shipwreck on Malta, all Mm -hmm. of that. He eventually got to Rome as a prisoner of the Roman Empire. So he did get to Rome, (laughs) but just not exactly in the way that he uh, planned. But that really doesn't have much to do with. Uh, what we glean from how he made his decision to go to Rome from the book of Romans, because, you know, this is the way that it works in God's word. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And Paul in Romans 15 is planning his way. This is how it's going to look for me to come to the church in Rome, Mm. as far as I can tell. But then the Lord directed his steps and had a totally different you know, plan to to get him, yeah. you know, there to Rome. When, when Christ whispered into his ear there in Jerusalem, you know, you will also preach in Rome. I don't think Paul could have even dreamed hmm. how that preaching in Rome would actually come to pass, but the Lord did it in his creative, beautiful, oh, yeah. you know, gnarly, wonderful <laughs> kind of way. Yeah, it is such a trip looking at that whole timeline of Paul and the way he actually visited Rome. It's so crazy. In your article, you notice a couple of different things um, that Paul, I guess, had in his mind as he was making that decision to visit Rome. You actually have five things in particular, and uh, maybe we can go through all of them. Maybe we can go through a couple of them, just depending on how it goes. You you talk one, let's just start with number one. So his work was done. What yeah. How did that like play into like, his decision? Yeah, so what he said to them was, uh, the, the reason that I'm going to go to you now is because 
I no longer have any room for work in these okay. regions. Yeah. That, that was kind of his thing. And what he didn't mean by that was that everybody in this region is a Christian. You know, that obviously Paul knew that there was so much work still to do in those regions. But for himself, his own calling, his own mission was to break new ground and to go to brand new territory. So in his mind, that work was complete in the region that he was in, you know, the mm. Corinthian region. Yeah. And so in his mind, he's saying, look, there's other people that can continue the work here. But for what God has designed me for, I've got to move on. Hmm. There's no more room for work for me in this region. Now, it's there were pastors to build up. There were elders to appoint. There were churches to get launched and started. And there were even smaller towns and villages that had yet to receive the gospel. Right. But Paul was a trailblazer going to these massive city centers, establishing a gospel work gospel work there and then moving on he'd let other people appoint the elders he'd let other yeah. people train up all the pastors i mean he'd be part of that work but he just knew it's time for me to move on so this is perhaps helpful to us when we think about our own decision making process of figuring out what am i supposed to be doing with my life yeah you know because to me that's always been as long as i've walked with the lord that's been a great grid for me to be able to help me in making the decisions that have come across uh, my path. You know, some of it has come down to just like the calling on, on my life. So I feel that I'm called to communicate scripture. So when something comes into my life and it's like an opportunity that isn't in line with that, you know, I'll, I'll tend to have a feeling like, I think my work there is done. There's no yeah. more opportunity for communicating scripture. I think I need to move on. Hmm. Uh, so just kind of knowing like who you are, what God has designed you for, seems to be part of that first step in the way that Paul made his decision. He just looked around and felt like this isn't what I'm cut out for. God has a different thing for me. Uh, it wasn't just a sense of like, I'm done in this area i don't like it here anymore right. it was i don't fit in this work anymore wow. I, i'm designed for something different so you really have to be in tune with who god has made you what your gifts are you know different things like that to be able to do that first part of paul's decision making yeah i'm glad you kind of went there with that question because i think it's one thing to talk about just decision making and say like, here's the A, B, C, make one, two, three steps on how to make a decision. But like talking about Paul and his life, who he was, what he was called to, I think that can speak to us about how we do make our decisions because it's so important just to know, like you said, like what we're called to, who we are. And uh, that's like, a, yeah, like a good lens to like kind of see our decisions. Yeah, if you through. don't know who you are, and you don't know what you are called to, you're going to have such a hard time making decisions. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I know that I am married to Christina and I am called to lay down my <laughs> life for her and to love her. So that yeah. helps me as I'm making decisions as it pertains to our family, mm. our marriage, uh, my calendar. I mean, even just today, uh, there was this, I had this invitation that to go speak at a thing hmm. and it was awesome it was an awesome invitation i love these guys pray for these guys looking forward to you know the next time that i can see this particular group of guys um but they asked me to come out a little bit late 
you know, in the game. And mm. so there are a few other things that were not on the same day, but kind of around it. Yeah. And I just could, as I looked at it, I was like, oh man, like I want to, I want to do it. I mm. want to be there with them, but this is going to be an, another gnarly season of life and ministry if I say yes mm. to this. So I was like, okay. So I talked with Christina about it kind of last minute, last, you know, thing. I knew they needed an answer. And, uh, you know, we just chatted and she's like, babe, you know, if you have a strong sense that this is something that you're called to and that you want to do like that, I'm all with you. I'm so supportive, but like, I only want you to do it if it's coming from that vantage point, because it will be gnarly, you know, for us to kind of go through those three or four weeks of just everything kind of being different Mm. than it normally is. So we'll, you know, we'll make it work, but only if you're, you're feeling that, you know, real sense of calling and burden. Mm. And just as she was talking, you know, it really helped and refreshed me because I, I kind of was just thinking about it as she was talking. I thought this is going to be tough for my family to go through. And I've already made some decisions this year that have already been tough for them to kind of keep up with mm. some different things that I've committed to. So I, that's just not right. I'm not going to make that decision. I know who I am. And, you know, before I'm a pastor or a guest speaker, as you know, even I'm, you know, called to be the father, the mm. husband in this home. So I got to manage my own household. Well, I can't do this, you know? Yeah. And, and so just like knowing who I am, was helpful to making that decision. Interesting. I hope that's a good... That's, okay. that's super helpful. So you made decisions based on who you are and your responsibilities. So you're loving Christina, which is a God-given responsibility. So good job doing that. <laughs> but then your number two here is that it looks like Paul always wanted to go to Rome. Yeah. What, what does that kind of look like if you have a desire in your own heart to want to do something should that be something that actually drives what you do? Yeah, you know, this one to me is one of the more interesting yeah. parts of Paul's process because he just says that. And since I have longed for many years <laughs> to come to you. So I'm coming. So what he did is he he was running a little bit of self-inspection, hmm. you know, and he was, this was not whimsical. It was not a momentary desire. This was something that for many years Paul had wanted to do. And, you know, it wasn't just like a, I want to go see Rome, you know, like the Colosseum and, you know, it's just the culture and I can't wait to have a little vacation. It it wasn't that. It was very sacrificial, you know, because he'd already said in the letter, I want to impart a spiritual gift to you. It's all like, you know, church. He wants to see the church. You know, he wants to see the people like he just can't wait to, to see them. He's met so many of them because you know, all roads lead to Rome. So he's just met a lot of Roman Christians throughout the years and the other places that he's been. Mm. So, you know, this is just, you know, part of the reason why I want to go is because I've always wanted to, you know? And I just think that that is, that, that is so astounding to me, you know, because one of the things I mentioned later in the article was, Hey, look, you know, when you read the book of Acts, there's times that Paul makes decisions straight out of a prayer meeting where the voice of the spirit mm. is sensed and heard there's times where he gets a vision or a dream right you know th- there are times where the leading the decision making process of paul mm. is hyper supernatural and i believe that believers should 
be very open to that reality in their lives today. But here, Paul is just kind of saying, it, it has nothing to do with that. It's not a, because I really think that the Spirit is asking me to. Uh, he's just saying, I've, I've always wanted to. Yeah. I've just always wanted to. And over the years, I've wanted to. It's a desire that has stuck with me for a long time. That's interesting. And I think that those are some of the best decisions to make. If you can mine your heart uh, for the consistent desires that never go away and figure out what those things are, uh, you're probably going to be coming closer to figuring out the DNA, the build, the makeup that God has given to you. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I'm always trying to ask that question because, you know, there's so many things in life that it's like a, it's a pop-up desire, you know. It's like, it, oh, I want to do this or I want to do that. But I'm, I, there are some things that are so big as far as like doing them goes that I want to make sure that this is something that I've actually desired this for, for a mm. while. This is something that is, has sat with me for a while. You know, like I've talked to wow. you before about I just have this like desire in the back of my mind. Like I want to write a book for kids. Yes. I want to do that at some point. I love that. But when I first had that thought you know, I just kind of had to sit and, and go, okay, well, that that's the first time I think I've ever thought that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's just let this one stew for a little while. Mm. I'm not about to just bust open the word processor and start writing a kid's book because I didn't want to do it yesterday. And now today I want to do it. Now what about tomorrow? <laughs> but now as time has gone by, and I don't even know how long it's been, but it's been a, a, a good chunk of time. Yeah. Now I'm starting to wonder a little bit more, okay, Lord, is this something that you actually want me to do? Mm -hmm. Because is it turning into a desire that this is this is something you've embedded there because it's just stuck inside my heart for so long. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I love there's a few different things I'd love to ask you about, but maybe the first thing I, I've heard this phrase sometimes. Maybe you've heard it too. I don't know if you've actually even said it or not, but there's this phrase I've heard in the church before that says, love God and do what you want. And I've always heard that in making decisions, like love God and do what you want. Like kind of talking about your, with, with what you're talking about with like a desire made that's been there for a while. Is that like a biblical kind of thing to, to kind of hold in your, maybe your mind as you're making a decision, love God and do what you want. Well, I mean, it, it, I think it can be, and then, then there's sometimes that it can't be. Hmm. You know, I, I think I've I've watched or heard some people say that, and I've just thought, yeah, but your definition of loving God is really low. Hmm. Um, I, I'm not seeing taking up your cross, denying yourself, and following after Him. But when it's that you know level, and it really is you know uh, a love for God that is the priority of a person's life yeah then i think there can be an expectation that my wants are going to be so shifted uh mm, that and right. and become so others and christ god centered that um what i want isn't going to be the mm. self-focused thing that it used to be right so i think that's the real the real key in it yeah yeah that's cool thanks for going there with me for a second i i was thinking you know just yeah. as you were talking i came across this i I've, i'm uh, going through this book right now where he's uh, the author's dealing with the spiritual disciplines and cool. he talks about the discipline of um celebration 
<laughs> wow, the discipline like, of yeah, celebration. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to know more about this one. <laughs> and he, he goes back and he was taking us to uh, Deuteronomy 14. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think I'd really noticed this particular um, time of, of worship at all in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, the Old Testament law. But there was actually a, a sacrifice where the, the worshiper would go to Jerusalem and basically uh, sell some livestock, turn it into money. And then God says, and spend the money for whatever you desire. Wow. It's like God is just like, look, figure it out. You know, come up here. <laughs> And celebrate for a little bit. Uh, what do you want? You know, I mean, it, it's just kind of like a designated time for that. Their whole life wasn't wow. that. But then there was just this moment of like, now the question is, what do we want to do? What do we want to do at this moment? I don't know if that's a great cross that's reference for this or not, but it just stood out to me as an interesting thing. Well, it is interesting, even just kind of going back to what you've been talking about with Paul, that it, it seems like Paul felt the freedom to have these passions and desires to go visit Rome and that God, I think he was so submitted to God. So it just kind of lends to me to think that God gives him the freedom to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. And that that's really cool to even think that, or to see if that's even like in scripture, God's like, well, like, here you go. Yeah. And to know that later the Lord really did affirm that desire yeah, for Paul, true. you know, he, he didn't say to Paul, look, you, you, that was the wrong thing that you wanted. He said, you will, you yeah. will go to Rome. Just different, different than the way you thought, but you will go. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah, just so different than what maybe he thought. <laughs> um, going back to your article a little bit, I was curious what you thought about number four. You wrote that they could financially support his work. This is kind of an interesting aspect, I think, of making a decision. Just the finances of it. What do you What do you see in Paul's life that um, the finances of that situation? I yeah. have to make that decision. Yeah, what what he said in Romans 15, verse 24, is he said, you know, part of the reason I want to stop and visit you, you know, I wanted to, but to be helped on my journey there to Spain by you. So he's saying to them, part of the reason I want to visit you in Rome is because it is on the way to Spain. That's a pragmatic reason. And right. that was number three that we skipped over was just, you know, he could visit them on the same journey, kill right. two birds with one stone. It's wise. Very practical. But then also, even more practically, he's saying, and you guys can help me on my way to Spain. Hmm. So he's really, I mean, it's kind of audacious from Paul because he's announcing to them, part of the reason I want to visit you is so that you guys can help me to go visit <laughs> someone else. <laughs> so that you can help me get to Spain. Yeah. So that you can help, you know, and I'm sure they would offer, you know, all kinds of support, lodging and encouragement and friendship and things like that. But he's talking at the end of the day about a financial support. So this is practical mm-hmm. to a degree with Paul. Yeah. But Paul knew where his help came from, came from the yeah, Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he, he was going to get to Spain one way or another, whether Rome, you know, uh, involved themselves or not. In mm-hmm. his mind, he was going to get there. Right. So this is something that I try to talk to church leaders about all the time because I think a lot of times we're very apologetic about mm-hmm. inviting people into the mission of God. Yeah. Begging people to serve. I've never been one to, you know, beg for finances at all, but some have, yeah. you know, resorted mm-hmm. to that, you know, pleading with people to give, you know, kind of thing. 
and almost making it sound like, I'm so sorry that I'm asking you to get involved in this kind of way. But in Paul's mind, there is a truer world that exists in the future. And to be able to wear your crowns and experience Mm. your rewards eternally is way better than holding on to your gold or silver Mm. temporarily. So for him, I think in his mind, when he's saying to the Roman church, I'm going to come by and you guys can help me on my way. I think it's like he's saying to them, this is a great opportunity for you guys. Yeah. You know, what? Wow. Wouldn't if Paul the apostle came by our church, wouldn't we say like this is a missionary that we want to financially support? <laughs> you know, we are going to be. You can be on the website. Seriously, you can get man. Sunday this time. This is some serious fruit that yeah. we are going to be able to partake of in joining together with you in the work of the Lord. So yeah, it was very practical, but I think also there was an invitation there that they could. You know, they weren't all going to be able to go with him to Spain. Not every person was called to be. Paul, you know, to go into uncharted territories and bring the gospel in a brand new sense. He had that apostolic calling upon his Mm. life. But rather than say, hey, this is my fruit and mine alone, and you can't partake in this ministry or this role at all, he's inviting them in an appropriate kind of way into the role. Hey, you know, I'm going to be sent to Spain uh, by you. So, but but it is very practical, you know, just the, well, you know, I'm going to have to get to Spain Somehow, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have to pay my way there. So I'm looking to you to be able to help financially. Yeah, this makes and sense. I think a lot of times, you know, I, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to write about this just real briefly. You're drawing a lot of things out of me from this short little what is it like 500 words? Yeah, but a short one. Um, part of the reason I just found it interesting is again, it, I think that if we were to think about how did the most spiritual Christians mm-hmm. make their decisions, we might not have ever thought about any of the financial practical concerns. Yeah, right. But here's Paul talking about money, talking about the provision, and that was part of his decision-making process. I want to mm-hmm. go to Rome. I probably can't afford it by myself. One great benefit of, uh, or go to Spain, one of the great benefits of stopping by Rome is that they could financially help me yeah. get there. Real practical. I think sometimes it's just really nice to be able to look at a man like this in scripture, like you said and wrote about. And it's just nice to see like how they lived, how they did make the decisions, because I think that sometimes that speaks so much to us personally. So thanks for kind of talking us through sure. Paul's decision making. And I am drawing a lot out of you because I've asked you so many different things. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that you're just such like a deep well for learning about how to make decisions. Oh, so thanks nice for you, running through that a little bit. We're running out of time, but... Nate, do you have any kind of encouragement to me, somebody who is just trying to make a decision right now, big or small, and uh, what, what, what kind of thing would you encourage them in as they're making that decision? Well, for one, I rejoice and praise the Lord if you are trying to make this decision or these decisions with God. Amen. You yeah, know, you are not God. He is God. Let him be the Lord of your life. You know, so I, I rejoice, you know, we rejoice. If, if that's you and that's what you're doing, that's, it's, it's just awesome. It's just incredible. Hmm. Two, realize that, you know, I, I don't even know if it's the right way to say it, to say we don't always get these things right. Uh, uh, yeah. Because sometimes even in decisions that I've made where I've thought, man, that just kind of didn't work or that didn't seem fruitful or kind of made a mess of things. 
I just don't know what else God is doing behind the scenes、mm. that I just can't see. So he, at the very least, can redeem it. Yeah.、Um, but then also, you know, the last thing that I wrote about in the article was that Paul talked about his final thing was, I just want to enjoy the church there、mm. in Rome for、yeah. a little bit. This guy just, you know, he had so many hard churches that he had to visit、yeah. and so many tough, you know, ministry endeavors. And I think he just thought about Rome and he thought, you know, I, I could really foresee how this would be a refreshing time, mutually、mm-hmm. encouraging. And sometimes that's the decision you got to make. You know,、mm-hmm. sometimes, especially if you have a pattern in your life of making those harder decisions where it's like, man, why are you deciding to do that? It seems like it's just going to be pain for you、yeah. to do that thing. And to move in that direction, it's very costly for you,、mm. beneficial to others. The more you make those kinds of decisions, there, there probably will come a time in your life where it's like, you know, right now I need to make a decision where there's going to be some, some time of refreshment. You know, I was、mm. talking to my girls today about the feeding of the 5,000 and you know how the, all that originated, right? You know, Jesus went through a real busy time of ministry with his disciples and he said, let's go to a Desolate place、yeah. and rest for a while. You know, didn't really work out, you know, because 5,000 <laughs> people came with him. But,、yeah. um, you know, that at least is in the heart of Christ. You know,、mm-hmm. the Sabbath, you know, kind of experience, experiencing rest and, and restoration. And there are times where the Lord will want us to make that kind of decision, to use the no word, like I mentioned earlier,、yeah. to create a little bit of space, gap, refreshment.、Uh, Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.